Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbles, and welcome back to the Reign of Christ Sunday, or Christ the King Sunday, for the week of November 26th, 2023, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to begin this week's podcast, and I'm excited that we are to the last Sunday of year A for the church year. Next week, we move into Advent already, and that also then means we are shifting where we'll be going. We'll be putting aside the Gospel of Matthew for a while, and we'll be picking up a little bit more of the Gospel of Mark for this upcoming year. And it's just an exciting time. I know for me, I've been kind of thinking about, I always love kind of doing a birthday tribute podcast and kind of thinking a little bit about that. I think it'll be, again, a little short, sweet thing as we're getting close to, dare I say, six years of doing this podcast. So it's just kind of crazy to think as we're hitting all these different milestones and getting toward the end of 2023 that we're in this place and moving in this place. But of course, then we still get a fairly difficult text that this week, how I am thinking about it, looking at it, interpreting it, it really gets a simple response to be able to kind of help us acknowledge some of this. But before we jump into that, let's look back to last week's question, which was, Where do we need to quit ignoring the difficult information and difficult conversations and use our talents for the betterment of the globe? And we got a discussion talking about how one of our loyal listeners, when they were looking and flying really for the first time and being able to see the crop circles that we have and starting to understand why we are getting crop circles was due to the irrigation technology that we have. And now, especially taking the news that we had last week, talking about the water problems that we're having within the water table and much of the United States and parts of the globe that we probably should be thinking about and absorbing different ways of doing these types of technologies that are better. And in his comment was, looking at from the perspective of education, that education does make a big difference. And it's getting us to a place where we're humble enough to be able to acknowledge that, but then also being able to recognize that and then take that information and be able to apply it. I even know in my week this last week, there was some different information that was presented to me and it took me a substantially longer amount of time than it should have because it was about adjusting my mindset to something instead of just absorbing what this different information was, that it was just easier to attack. And I think in a culture in which we're in right now, We are in this phase where we need to be able to have some Sabbath and in that Sabbath be able to hear things that we don't necessarily 100% agree with, but being able to find where the common ground is. And I think that's one of the things right now as we are moving into 2024 and at least here in the United States, we know that that's going to be a contentious election year. I think it is this practice of us being able to take in different information, us being able to have these Sabbaths to reflect, settle, and also being able to reflect and find common places instead of seeing as this side's right and this side's wrong, instead finding that middle ground, which is more work in a lot of ways, but I think is more fulfilling once you find it. So let's just jump into it this week, and I'm really excited about this week because the Old Testament text 
is the same. It's that we have alternative psalms for this week. So let's just jump into it. The Old Testament text this week is out of Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 to 16 and 20 through 24. This text in particular is definitely being tied to where we're getting with the gospel text this week. But it's this idea of how God is searching out his flocks of sheep. And that God is the shepherd and is trying to be able to gather his sheep together, steer them where he's needing them to be so that they are fed and nourished and cared for. Being able to find the hungry, the injured, and be able to make sure that they are getting what they need. And the ones who have been overeaten, that they will be set aside, we'll say. And it's fairly strong language in Ezekiel that the fat and strong I will destroy and I will feed them with justice. So this idea, and again, this is probably more looking at talking to the people of Israel at this point, the leaders, the kings the of other nations that God is not forgetting the people who feel like they're being the scrap afterwards. But it's this idea that God is going to save this flock. God is going to be there with this flock. God is going to shepherd this flock. The flock are going to know who God is because of this interaction that God is having with his flock and is observing it and being conscious of it consistently. So the first psalm that you could possibly go with is Psalm 100, all five verses of it. And both psalms that we have this week are definitely praise psalms. And Psalm 100 starts off just the same. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And it's this recognition of knowing that God has made us. God has done all these amazing things for us. And we should then be giving thanks to God for this, recognizing what God has done, recognizing the steadfast love that is given to us freely, the faithfulness that we need to continue to have because of this love and gratitude that God has given us that we should be returning back to God. The other psalm that you can go with is Psalm 95, verses 1 to 7a. This again, you still are singing and making a joyful noise, recognizing the salvation of what God has done for us. And again, this recognition of the thanks that we need to have. But it goes in a little bit more depth here in the aspect that this is a God who is above everything else, that has created all these different things, that has been part of our world and has formed it. And then let us then recognize that and realize that we are following this and we need to follow and also give thanks for the abundance and beauty of what we've been given. The New Testament text or epistle text this week is out of Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 to 23. This is then Paul writing to Ephesus and stating that, okay, I've been hearing about what you've been doing, but then recognize that we continue to give thanks for it. Continue to recognize that it's God the Father who is giving these all these recognitions and recognizing of what is going on, recognizing of the gift and keeping our eyes pointed toward that, recognizing the power of what Christ actually did within our lives And in doing that, we are then naturally becoming this thankful person and who God has called us to be. That the recognition of what Christ did for us and the recognition of what God the Creator did as the Maker is significant. And we should be giving thanks for that and recognizing that consistently. 
The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. And this is one of those texts where I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but it's, I think, a good hard text to get into. And it states and starts with in verse 31, When the Son of Man comes into his glory and all the angels are with him, he will sit on the throne of glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep in his right hand and his goats in his left. And it continues with that, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then it's the question of, when did we see you like this? And it's the response of, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my families, you did it to me. And he reverses the same thing to the goats who are on his left that they ignored. The question repeats on when were you thirsty and hungry and the stranger and naked and sick? And again, it's the response of, truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And then it's this eternal punishment that comes from that and the eternal righteousness that also comes with that. So this little bit darker of a text in that way of thinking about it from these perspectives. But I think it's also one of these things that helps us recognize, and especially with where we're at in the world, I think there is some key things we can pull out this week. But before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plug. Oh, Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some direction, help give me some ideas, listening to other biblical scholars break down these texts and think about them. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really enjoy on a week-to-week basis how they lay out the text week after week after week. And it also then has the art, colors, hymns, prayers, a lot of different resources to help prepare you for worship, whether you are in the pews or leading the worship service to give you some different ideas and things to be thinking about. So if you haven't checked out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, I'd highly recommend that also. Finally, I'd also highly recommend checking out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and the Green Blades Rising Publication. It's either a weekly reflection or a monthly newsletter that comes out talking about some different events, notices, but it goes with ecological echoes, implications, and urgencies. I keep saying, and I will say, it's coming really soon. I will be writing for one of these, and I'm excited about it. I'm nervously excited because it's much easier for me to do the spoken word than the written word. But I will be doing one of these. If you want to make sure that you catch that, I'd highly recommend subscribing to these. They will be the first in the show notes in the references section. It'll be the first reference there that you can sign up for these. It's a great resource looking at and seeing the world through different people's eyes and how the faith and science come together with it in more of a meditation or devotional style. And if you enjoy sitting down and listening to my podcast for a half an hour each week, I think you'll enjoy checking this stuff out.
The key word I think that is not stated in any of these texts, but to me is jumping out and is screaming out as a scientist, is observation. Observe, observe, observe. And that's sometimes harder for us to do than we realize. There's so much in how our brain is designed that there's so much coming in that we naturally have certain things that we just will not process. I'll attach some videos down below. There's one that I thought was actually really good, and it's a simple science experiment, Science with Sophie. And she ends up running this one experiment, but there's a twist that she does, and I don't want to give it away, but watch the two-and-a-half-minute video because it gets into that second part of how we miss things. Our brain doesn't see it as important, so we miss it completely. And unless someone points it out, we don't think about it. Some easy examples that we think about here is like breathing. When was the last time that you really thought about breathing? It's probably the moments when either someone brings it up or you're struggling to breathe. When was the last time you really thought about your heart rate? When was the last time that you thought about even just the different clothes that you're wearing and how they feel against your body. Maybe initially when you put it on in the morning, but then you don't necessarily think about it a ton throughout the day. These are all different things, and it's designed so that we're not being overstimulated and trying to process all of this. We have to be able to put certain parts of it on autopilot, that it's not affecting me, so I'm not thinking about it. This is what I understand that God is trying to make sure that we're not doing with our faith. God is a zealous God, and God is trying to make sure that we recognize that there are times and places that we need to be observant of what God is doing. And in order for us to do that, it means that we have to get beyond this understanding of things on autopilot. We have to be able to understand that there are things that God is doing that God does out of love and care for us. And just like any relationship that we have with people, we like being appreciated. We like being noticed. We liked being thanked. And God's very similar in this way. When doing observations, there are two different types of observations. There is qualitative and quantitative qualitative being that you can, more it's like an adjective, you're describing something. Something is green. Something is fast. Something is smooth or fluffy. These description words that we have to be able to describe. Quantitative being something that can be measured. This animal is running at X speed, or it's being able to be this long or this tall or this heavy. How do we initially even gather all this stuff? It's the basics of us using our five senses, sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. From these, then we are able to make observations, take note of them, and then based off these observations, it can lead us to inferences which can lead to our hypothesis and or conclusions. Our inferences being because, for instance, because the rock is smooth, we can assume that it was near a waterbed, that water was rushing over it a lot, hence the smooth edges all the way around the rock. Things along those lines. And life experience plays into that. The more we're able to experience life, the more experiences that we're able to have, the better we're able to inference based off of our observations. But like we stated, it's really easy for us to 
miss things. It's really easy for us to watch life go by extremely quickly, especially as we are getting into this end of the year, as we're hitting into the Thanksgiving holiday, which is this next week. So happy Thanksgiving, at least here in the United States. But also the idea that we're moving into a season of the year where a lot of people do a lot of reflection about the previous year. A lot of people do a lot of goal setting for the upcoming year. But in those times, we need to be able to realize that our life is temporary. We need to be able to realize and treasure the people that are around the table. We need to be able to realize and and contemplate how special our time is with the people that we're spending it with. And we aren't guaranteed it's going to be the same way again. These are things that I think are hard for us to recognize. It's hard for us to recognize and acknowledge because, again, it's that idea that things are going well. Things are going smooth. It's my day-to-day grind, per se. It's the day-to-day life that I'm going through. And I can't absorb everything in. And that's where, when I hear this gospel text and the sorting of the sheep and the goats, there is this idea that I have to be observant of what is going on around me that's outside of myself. I need to be able to show that care and compassion like the shepherd in Ezekiel. I need to be able to give thanks like the Psalms. I need to be able to recognize the amazing things that God has done, that God didn't have to do. But because of the care and love that God has for us, that God does. And to make sure that I'm stopping and giving thanks to that regularly, not just a few times a year, Because in that thanks, in that observation, it helps me better understand. I'll give you another example. A few years back, I know I talked about this, and I would have to dig to try to figure out which podcast it was, but I distinctly remember going and being told that there was a bird, a great blue heron rookery, so an area of nests, and one of the birds was a different color than the standard gray-blue that great blue herons are. And so they were trying to see what the parents look like to see is it like it's not albino, but it was white, so is it like a different color variation or what was going on? And in order for that to happen... It meant a lot of sitting and watching. And, you know, I wasn't able to ever see it with the parent. I put in multiple hours sitting there kind of watching this bird, taking photographs, having fun. But while I was there, you can't be narrowly focused purely just on that bird for hours on end as next to nothing is going on. So what happens? You become more observant the longer you sit there of what is going on around you watching muskrats or beavers moving through the water, noticing the frogs, noticing the songbirds, noticing the cranes, noticing the other herons that are around, noticing the scenery, hearing the pulse of what the forest was its tempo, which is much slower than my day-to-day tempo. Absorbing that all in, locking it all in, taking that breath to pause, to reflect, to think about, things. Think about life. Forcing myself to slow down for a minute to be grateful. Forcing myself to then be able to actually process the different arguments and fights that I was in at the moment to be able to try sorting through them logically instead of necessarily jumping and getting into a more verbal constraint. In a way, taking a Sabbath. And out of that Sabbath, being thankful. 
being compassionate, being caring, being observant. To be a good scientist, you have to be observant. You have to notice things. You got to look for trends. You got to look for things and that's interesting. I should spend more of my time when I'm observing this looking at that variable because it looks like from just the lack of total observation, but just some supplementary data that we're looking at, there might be something here. I need to put more of my focus toward that. And maybe there's something that can give us a clue to helping us understand how this whole thing is working. God is wanting us to move through life in a way that we're not just being ignorant of what is going on around us. He wants us to be active participants within it. But in that, still being observant and caring and loving and thankful. And knowing human nature, since God has experienced that and created that, God knows how easy it is for us to overlook that. How easy it is for us to get busy and miss it. And miss these moments of God trying to be very present with us in a different way. God trying to refill us in different ways. God trying to reach us in different ways at where we're at to help us. How fast we are to ignore or completely miss. So it's interesting as we get to the end of this church year to be recognizing we can't just rush through. We can't just rush to Christmas all the time. It's a process. It takes time to get there. It's the importance of Advent, the preparing, the looking, the observing, the searching our heart to be prepared for when the gift comes. I think I speak for a lot of people that there's a lot of parts of life that it just seems to go by so quick. Today, actually sent a message to a kid of photographs I took of him five years ago. He's like, it does not seem like that long ago. And I said, welcome to the club of joining this part of life where things just seem to keep moving faster. But I think then it means that if life is going to feel like it keeps moving faster, we need to be conscious of absorbing the moment where we're at, being thankful for it. So the question I have for you this week is, how are you going to be observant and thankful this next year? How are you going to be observant and thankful this next year? Because I think if we're being observant and thankful, it helps us get into less arguments. It helps us acknowledge our humanity. It helps us be who God has created us to be. In this race called life, we can't sprint the whole thing. There are moments to sprint. There are moments to walk. And there's moments to lightly jog and observe everything around and say what a blessing it is. And I think our world, at least where I have grown up in the United States, I think we've lost some of that somewhere along the way. And I think it's vital for us to be able to find that again. If science is such a vital part to our culture and helping us lead in certain aspects, which faith does as well, both of them talking about being observant. And observant people are sometimes quiet, sometimes pondering, meditative in certain ways deliberate, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, joyful. I think that's one thing that, at least for me, I need to keep working on. And I think as I look to the broader world, I think a lot of us do from conversations I've had with people. Over the last few weeks, I keep hearing these conversations talking about people who are no longer with us. And especially that I do really enjoy tech 
talking about how in certain ways with us having a phone which then has a camera on it and being able to almost see some of life as disposable. We have these moments and they're on a camera roll, but they'll never be in the physical space like us holding photographs. And so it's easy for that stuff to kind of suddenly just slip away, a quick delete, and it's gone. And suddenly parts of our lives are just missing. And when people are gone, suddenly it's like they're more gone than they were before. And as we're putting more and more into digital space, we're losing some of the physical. And I don't know what to think about that entirely. I know that I need to make sure I'm backing things up and keeping them in places and organizing it. But I think it also means that there's times I need to bring things into the physical so I can really observe it and treasure it and be thankful for it, not just store it on some hard drive or server some other place. Because my life is worth more than just the hardware space, the software space, just hanging out somewhere. It deserves having moments of actually seeing the light upon my face, treasuring a moment. Our lives in this amazing thing that God has given us called life is worth that. It's worth us treasuring. And I think it's this reminder It's really easy for us to feel like life goes faster and faster and for us to get caught up in that. But be observant of God and it helps us slow down. And God then can teach us how much we need to treasure it because it's not guaranteed in this life, in this way, forever. So while we have it, live it, treasure it, and observe it, and have conversations with others and God about it. Because in that way, we can really start seeing the essence of who God wants all of us to be come alive. And that, to me, is an exciting way of looking at faith and life and the upcoming church year. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. And I'm excited to see you in the next church year.